0: And, as if that wasn't enough, we shall be welcoming some great guests along the way and chatting to them about life on and off the playing field as they spill the beans, drop some truth bombs and see if they can withstand the scrutiny of our brutal interrogations. Middle Please Umpire is available right now from all your favourite podcast providers. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. And the first thing I have to say is, Happy New Year. Well, 2021 can't be much worse than 2020 on so many levels for so many people and we're, we're locked down again and I want to start the show with, with a question about actually this whole issue of elite sport and the fact that it's still going ahead despite everything else either being stopped or closed down or simply not allowed. So I think many clubs now, including City and the City women's team, are reporting many, many more cases. And I think I heard today that the Premier League said that 40 players and staff this time have been tested positive, which I think is something like twice as many as any other previous week. So my argument is that surely we should be locking down football as well. Uh, And I've got two respected, experienced and top-notch journalists and one young man who has a degree in broadcast journalism but is yet to use it in any meaningful way. That, Of course, I'm talking about the great journalist and broadcaster Stuart Brodkin. Hi, Stuart. Hi there. And also the other experienced and respected and top-notch journalist, of course, is our good friend John Stapleton. Hi, John. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi, fella. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, good, thank you. And the young man who hasn't got his pen and pad out just yet is young Joe Doherty. Get <laughs> it right, Joe Doherty? Hi, Joe. Welcome to the show. Hi, Nigel. Joe, do you want to, do you want to kick off for us? Uh, so what's your view? I've kind of put forward an argument that says... It is ridiculous that elite sport, as they call it, is continuing when everybody else has had to stop. What's so special about
3: football? And we've got these cases going up as well the whole time. It's got to stop, Joe. Do you agree with that? Oh, Absolutely, I agree. I mean, from a selfish point of view, I guess it is kind of nice that when life has just become all about work and nothing else to do, really, it is quite nice that you do have the football matches to look forward to. But really, without being selfish, I I think you're spot on. I think that Speaking as someone who begrudgingly wanted this lockdown just to get everything done and sorted once and for all, I don't think that's going to be helping matters particularly, especially with all the travelling that needs to happen. And you can't play it as a as a socially distanced sport. So, yeah, to be honest, it would. I'd rather stop it now and then come out of a lockdown where we can go again, than just have it now and can see cases continue to rise. But Joe makes a really good point, sure,
0: because uh, allegedly uh, City and their latest outbreak, it was all caught at a London hotel when they came to play a fixture down in London. So so lots of reasons why it should just stop now.
1: You in agreement with that? Well, not really, no. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a fan of football without crowds, I think, as I've said. But I think it's the one thing that people have something to look forward to about. I mean... What else is there in life if you can't watch football uh, i mean I, I I think it's sterile to watch games without any people in the ground but i think I think they should carry on until it's until it's deemed not possible to carry on i think you know maybe for the next two or three weeks the virus is you know not out of control as but yet uh, the vaccine's on its way apparently we've now vaccinated one point three million people according to Boris tonight so I think we should just carry on. I really do. I mean, they're elite sportsmen. They themselves are not going to suffer too much if they get coronavirus, in my opinion. Uh, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but I think we should carry on. I really do. And
0: I, I, I didn't think that at the beginning, but I do now. you keen to carry on, John, as well?
2: Uh, yes, I am. Uh, and you said, I think you said 40 uh, players and staff. Out of what number? I mean, I think that's probably quite a tiny percentage. And my my view is that as long as the protocols and the systems they have in place at the moment, and I gather people are being tested once every two days, as long as those continue to be efficient, and as long as the players behave themselves, we can come to that issue uh, discussing Mr. Mendy, amongst others, in just a tick, yeah, I think we should count I have to tell you, and I don't want to sound too melodramatic about this, but someone who, like like myself, now finds themselves living alone, you know, this is a a great lifeline for me. I mean, I'm running out of Netflix options. Uh, I, I love to support the lovely old terrestrial TV, the BBC and ITV, and all the rest of it, but you run out of options day after day. And watching the footy in the evening, four or five nights a week, is a joy. I, I you know, I, I really can't. I can't describe. I mean, it's it's fantastic. I was went, when the news came out about the lockdown and, and the Boris press conference was on the other day, I was hoping and praying they'd tell me straight away what's happening to Premier League football because without it, I would not be lost. But it's I would feel. Well, deprived, put it that way. So I, I don't want to put anyone's lives life at risk, obviously, because that's stupid. But as long as the, system, as long as the situation remains as it, as it is at the moment, I frankly don't see any reason to stop it, because it's, it's under control, people are being tested, and that's hunky-dory by me. But,
0: but John, just to come back to you, if I may, on, on that, there are lots of people who enjoy other things, like the theatre, Um, uh, live music and they've been deprived of it what's so special what's so special about football well
2: I'm I'm amongst I'm amongst those people I I enjoy the theatre and I enjoy live music as well and I I can't enjoy any of them at the moment it's it's perhaps a a rather selfish point of view but I think it's one thing you know, going to we're not actually going to the ground. And to, to enjoy the theatre, you have to go to the theatre. Well, obviously, you can't do that at the moment. Certainly not with, with with any degree of safety. So, I think it's a slightly different issue. All we're talking about is watching football on television. You know, under controlled circumstances, where the players are tested on a very regular basis, and and great care is taken to make sure everyone is socially distanced. So, for me, it's it's I won't say it's a no-brainer, but it's 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 a, it's a risk worth taking. Um, for me,
0: Stuart, the, the situation, you said that the virus isn't out of control. Um, you could argue it is. <laughs> We've got this new strain. and You said you're not a doctor, nor am I, I'm not a scientist. We have a new strain, um, and yeah. we have got people, whether it's 40 or whatever, it's twice as many people in football clubs that have been tested positive before. So, so, so it, you could argue it is out of control and other people are making sacrifices. I don't see why football has to be different.
1: Well, as John said, we don't, we don't have to go and watch it at night theater or cinema or, whatever, um, or you know, other uh, uh, entertainments. Um, we're sitting back in our own homes watching uh, you know, 22 very, very fit uh, men playing football. Uh, we're we're not likely to catch anything from via the TV. Uh, it keeps us in our homes in a way. Uh, we're not going out to pubs to watch it. They're closed. So I, I don't see. I, okay, maybe I'll retract the fact that the virus is uh, not out of control. But um, you know, it's it's leveling off a bit. I've just looked at the figures um, tonight. The the whole thing about this this virus is it's been completely taken out of context. There's been no how many people were tested and how many people actually have the virus? Nobody knows what the percentages are. Initially, the government said there were 20,000 people have had contracted the virus out of X number of people who'd been tested. Now they don't tell me, they don't tell anyone how many people have been tested. So we don't know how many people have recovered. Those figures are never are never given to anyone. I think the only way to beat the virus in my opinion, is, is to vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. That's it. Lockdowns are not going to stop the virus. It just defers it. Okay. All, all right. That's That's my thanks,
0: thanks for clarifying that. Joe, can you, can you help us then with Mr. Mendy then? Let, let, let's come back to the city and, and so on. Again, my, my view would be, rather than Pep bigging him up and saying what a great bloke he is and selecting him in the squad and having him on the bench. He shouldn't have been anywhere to be seen. He should have been punished and publicly punished. So he should be set an example. He's a, he's a professional footballer, an elite sportsman in the Premier League, in, you know, in the limelight, kids look up to him, all that stuff. And there he is breaking the rules and he gets rewarded for it. Now that's got to be wrong. You're going to agree
3: with me on that one, surely. 100% I agree with you on that one. I think I think Mendy's shown his true colours, to be honest. I, I can't say I've ever particularly liked the guy. I don't like his, you know, his pissing about on Twitter and everything, and whilst putting in very poor performances on the pitch. Of course, he's had a lot of injuries, and he's not to be blamed for that. And when he did first arrive, I thought, yeah, he looks like a good player and quite a decent character. But in recent years, some of his behaviour on and off the pitch has been terrible, and this kind of epitomises it as the worst, as bad as it could get um pep was very i think he was a bit put on the spot in the moment and hadn't really discussed with the club what they talk about with that so whilst i don't agree with what he said i can sort of see why he did it but i still think um many have the book thrown at him he should be given a ban he shouldn't i personally i'd get rid of him um well to be fair i would have done anyway but um I think I think he needs the book thrown at him because you need to make an example that these footballers, who might all be celebrities now with 100 million followers on Instagram and live their lives through social media like Mendy does, they need to be brought to account for if they behave badly and this is a good time to do it. And it will encourage more people to, to stick with these rules, to be honest. No, I think he should 100% have the book thrown at him. So here's
0: your opportunity, John. We rarely agree on anything. You didn't agree with me in terms of locking down football. Please agree with me that we've handled Mendy badly, and he should have been banned and made an example of.
2: Agree. Well, I- I regret. I'd like to start the new year on a different footing, Nigel. But I regret to say I can't <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, it depends on whose version of events you you listen to. I mean, when I first saw the headline about Mendy and his New Year's Eve party, I was you know I was reminded of my favourite phrase, or Joe Rolls' old favourite phrase, which I've used on this programme before. He must have the brains of a rocking horse, you know. But then. You know, I I, I heard Pep's version of events, and Pep's version of events that this was a relatively quiet celebration for four or five people, one of whom was a doctor, I think, all of whom had tested uh, negative uh, for for, for COVID. it wasn't. That's one version. The other version uh, reported in, in, in red-top newspapers was that it was rather more sort of, well, raucous. There was, it went on for a long, long time. There was a suggestion that he'd actually called an agency to ask them to send some girls up there. And I don't know that's true. I absolutely don't know that's true. But that was a suggestion. I think that was mildly refuted by the club at one stage. It wasn't quite as bad as it first appeared, according to Pep. I have no reason to believe that Pep was was you know was telling anything but the truth, and I mean, Pep did make the point. I wonder how many more people up and down the country have uh, you know have had parties like this, have broken the rules in a gentle sort of way uh, for, for New Year uh, and indeed over Christmas. And of course there will there will be thousands. That's not to say that 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 you know Mendy was correct in doing what he did. Of course he wasn't correct in doing what he did, and of course he should be admonished for it, he should should be punished for it to some degree or other. But I don't think it was quite the heinous crime some have have made out. It was wrong, and he should receive some punishment. And, you know, one day, perhaps one day, these players will realise, as as our young lad from Stockport, I must now know who his half is, Icelandic ventures, you know, they must realise that this sort of thing gets out. And a thing called Instagram exposes them all time and time again. Come on, use your loaf, lads, behave.
0: But, but Stuart, you know, just because other people do it, which seems to be John, one of John's arguments, it's kind of it's still not okay, is it? And it's mitigation,
2: what it's mitigation.
0: Okay, Stuart, what, Stuart <laughs> where, where, where do you where do you sit on this one then, Stuart? Should he should he have been on the bench though at all? That sends all the wrong messages. Uh, it, surely. Yeah, I know. I know we were depleted. I understand that, but we've got enough there without him.
1: Surely. I agree with you, Nigel, that he shouldn't have been on the bench. Uh, I think he should be punished in some way. But Pep will never publicly criticise any of his players, even in a health crisis where we're in at the moment. Um, yeah, it's probably... I think Kyle Walker, on the other hand, has, has breached the COVID rules at least three times, I think. So that's twice more than Wendy so far. Uh, and some of his antics off the field are not very... are uh, a bit lurid, to say the least, so... I'm not sure we should be picking Mendy out as the a, as a worst example of uh, COVID, Covid-iots. But there you go. Should be right, punished. Let's find or something, but not on the
0: bench, I agree. All right. Very good. Let's, let's talk about something positive here. Let, let's, let's move away from the virus. Let's talk about <laughs> the old Manchester City who knocked three in before half-time against, you know, <laughs> it's not a, not, not a small club, it's Chelsea. Uh, John that, that is a bit more like the old city isn't it wasn't it a, a b- beautiful to watch some fantastic football three great goals and some brilliant performances must have enjoyed that must have cheered oh, up your afternoon I'm sure
2: majestic absolutely fantastic Carfowers hours my son you, know, said, you must look at this this is fantastic it was Beautiful football, uh, you know the old city back back on stream, uh, perfection actually. I mean I they eased off a bit in the second half, but a, a great result for Manchester City and some fabulous football uh, and and players. I mean De Bruyne got the man of the match, you know, but for me. Gundayan, I thought, was sensational. Could have had two goals rather than just one. I thought he was instrumental in, the, in, a, in a great deal of, of that fabulous football we saw. And also, I have to say, a, a return to the sort of form we were expected from him in the past. But by Bernardo, I thought he played uh, extremely well too. But I, I couldn't fault any of them, you know. And you know, De Bruyne is a false number nine, we can discuss that again in, in a tick. I mean, it was it was fabulous, fabulous stuff. And you know, looking ahead, I think it augurs. We'll, we'll talk about that in tick two. I think it augurs really well. And you know. Chelsea, no mugs. Come on, let's face it. All right, they've they've had a bit of a bad run recently. But, you know, they've spent a lot of money on that team. And the look on Frank Frank Lampard's face (laughs) said it all, frankly, that, that, you know, they were taken apart by Manchester City. And they can say they played badly. They they were made to play badly. They, They were taken apart. Wonderful stuff.
1: Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike, e-bikes that are cool AF. Uh,
0: A a team sort of decimated by COVID uh, needed some drastic measures, Joe, and uh, what was your... Thinking when you saw KDB lining up there as kind of our centre forward, I think he has. He did mention he. I think he, he played there for Chelsea once or twice, but never for City. I don't remember ever playing for
3: City in that role. What were your thoughts when you saw KDB lining up like that? Well, to be honest, my first thought was, "Oh no, it's not going to be Sterling playing up front, is it?" Because I never like seeing him there. I think he's a. I think he's a waste there. He's so much better on the wing. But once I clocked, that's what we were doing, and that De Bruyne was going to be playing at full tonight. I can only think of one game where he's played there. And it was actually a game against Barca where, he well, in the first half, he and everyone else were playing very well, but a, a stupid red card made it look worse than it was. So I was actually quite interested to see us give it another go. Because I do actually think De Bruyne at false nine, both I think he's very capable of playing there and he brings in the two almost inside forwards, if you like, into the game quite well. But I also think it's harder for teams, especially in England, where we don't tend to play with a false nine, it's harder for them to defend against it. And Chelsea's back line clearly didn't know what to do because they weren't sure who to pick up. And obviously, you know, I don't want to have a go at Jesus, for example, but he's much easier to mark out the game than playing De Bruyne at a false nine. And I think that's a big part of why we were so, you know, so exciting and quick and clinical in a way that we haven't been all season. Stuart, what pleased you particularly about
0: it? Say again? What Sorry, Stuart, what pleased you particularly about the performance against Chelsea? Well, I think, I think
1: they were absolutely magnificent. I think Chelsea let us play. Uh, they didn't line up with you know, five at the back and four in the middle. Uh, and in the first five, ten minutes, I, I genuinely felt that we were going to get beaten. Uh, hmm. And I thought the first three touches by our false nine, I don't, I don't actually know what a false nine is, to be honest, but maybe somebody could explain that. His first three touches in that position, were pretty poor. But then he grew into it because he's a world-class player. He's an intelligent player. He's he's probably playing goal. Uh, I just think he's an amazing player. And he he thinks two to three moves ahead of everybody else. He doesn't even look half the time where he's putting the ball, but it goes to the right right player. Um, Yeah, I I thought once we weathered that little storm uh, in the first 10 minutes or so, we were brilliant. And also, I was very, very pleased the way we control the game in the second half. I think Pep become more pragmatic. I think that's the way you win Champions League games. You get a goal or two in the first, maybe the first half, first half hour. And then you control the ball. And that's what we did. There were two there were two passing movements where I think we, I tried to look at it on, on the video this afternoon, but I couldn't find it. I deleted it. Uh, where we we passed the ball about 60 times and only one yeah. intervention from Chelsea. And that should have been topped off with a goal and nearly was. And that's that's the way you stop. If if you've got the ball, they can't score. If you're 3-0 up, they've got no earthly chance of, of getting back in the game. And I think Pep's doing a great job. And De Bruyne alluded to it in the interview afterwards when he said they're playing slightly differently this season. And we are. And one of the reasons I don't want another... Premier League lockdown, as it were, is that we've just come into form. We're now odds-on <laughs> to win the Premier League. There you go. You someone, will explain,
0: some, someone will be, explain what a false nine is in the moment, I'm sure. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll put it out there on time. I'm sure Joe, Joe will have a view. Yeah. He always does. Uh, well, he, yeah. looked,
2: he looked pretty real to me, Arch. <laughs> <laughs> is it, it, I, do you know what? I, didn't, I don't know either, really. Is it a like deep-lying <laughs> centre-forward like the famous old Don Redding? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, the Revy plan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose (laughs)
2: so. I,
0: I, I guess so, yeah. I'm, I'm, someone will tell us. We, we'll ask the question. We were just too old to, to really know. Yeah. Is he, he, he played centre-forward as, as far as I was concerned. He, and, he, yeah, he played a little bit deeper. He, came, he, he spent more time in midfield, maybe, than uh, an old-fashioned centre-forward. Is that what it means? Who
2: yeah, knows? But yeah, another he another knows. example, Nigel, of, of Pep's genius. I mean, the number of players he's create, recreated in different roles. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fernandinho is a, a central defender. Zinchenko is a left-back. He's a midfield player. You know, De now is a centre-forward. I mean, it's, it's incredible. He just... Uh, the, he thinks they can all play anywhere. And, and it's actually proven to, more or less, more often than not, to be true. Hey, can I just pick up on what you said about Gundogan as well, please? Yeah.
0: As well, well John. Because... Somebody on, on Twitter, when I put it out there, said the guys who were coming on the show and any questions or comments, actually said, could this be the scapegoat season? You know, we've got Stones, who's come back and proved so many people wrong. Gundogan, who has come in for a fair amount of criticism. All we need now is for, for Mares to step up, and we've kind of got like uh, all three of maybe the, the yeah. three most recent scapegoats. Mm-hmm. What, what do you put that down to, Gundogan? I, I think uh, he's, he's been outstanding, and he's, he's scoring
2: goals as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 well, I'm not. I'm not knocking it. It's fantastic, but I do think he, he got a, a, a bad press from certain quarters. Actually, uh, a lot of our fans, uh, I, I, I hear, d- didn't fancy him. You know, he was the first player Pep signed. I think I'm right in saying. And yep. you know, yep. I, I, yeah, and Pep's judgment is rarely wrong. You know, and also, it, you know, it's, I think he's proven with a few people actually that it takes some players, a little while to settle into our team. I know he's been there a while, but it does take them a little while to settle in, in, into the way we play, and maybe he was a, a victim of that at some stage. The other question I was going to ask, by the way, and I'd, I'd love an answer to it, does anyone know what's happened to Laporte? Is he still in the country?
1: <laughs> I heard he had uh, a fall idea, but I'm not sure that's true. Two yeah, words, John Stones. I, I think so the word on the old, street yeah. is that Pep's fallen out of Laporte.
2: Uh... uh
0: Joe, Joe, do you want to just pick up on uh, maybe have a brief chat about Gundogan and then just pick up on John Stones as well as our second scapegoat to talk
3: about? Maybe just tackle those two, Gundogan and Stones. Your view of those two, Joe? Well, Gundogan personally, I felt a bit sorry for him last season because he was getting all this stick. And I've been and I've said from the word go that that he wasn't the bad one. It was it's Rodri who I find very frustrating. I think he's not. I thought he improved as the game went on on Sunday. But in the first half, I thought he was really poor. Like, even when he made a good tackle, it was his own fault. And I think Gundawans <laughs> almost had to do two man's work there for him. Like, you know, I don't want to sound too harsh on him, but I still think we could do with someone a bit more agile. Isn't there? But um, Gundogan, on the other hand, he was, he was playing a lot more, with a lot more freedom because he had Bernardo and De Bruyne both dropping into the midfield to support him, which I think is a big part of what allowed him to play so well. And I'm glad he's getting the chance to do it, because I thought some of the criticism going his way was really unfair. Uh, in terms of Stones, I'm I'm delighted, to be honest, because obviously last summer there was some real talk that he was going to be the one to leave. and But I also do think, similar to what I just said about Roger and Gundogan, was that Stones was the victim of almost being the wrong man to scapegoat at times. Like Last season, he was the one who being treated like the crap defender is full of mistakes. And Otamendi was being given all these games. And I, I, that really baffled me. I don't know how anyone could have thought last season that Otamendi was the good one of those. So I think without people like that in the club and him having to cover for them, and he's getting to play with... I mean, realistically, Stones is going to play with, but worse, Ake, who's a very good centre-back. And I think he's blossomed as a result. And I'm, I'm, both, I'm pleasantly surprised and delighted... he's playing so well and really forced his way back into the side and hopefully next step is getting back in the England team
0: so with games in hand Stuart we we can win the Premier League can't we now this is uh you I think you mentioned we're we're odds on favorites is that right suddenly from being mid-table mediocrity to 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 being favorites it's uh (laughs) if we carry on playing like that there's no reason why we
1: can't surely absolutely yeah we we are Odds on, Liverpool are three to one, United are seven to one, Spurs are fourteen to one, any price you like the others. But yeah, I think I think we're what, we're four points behind with two games in hand on Liverpool, is that correct? Something like that. Uh, yeah, if we win both yeah, if
0: we win both games in hand. If we win both our games we're top, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Interesting, uh, John. John, what's your view on sort of Premier? We talk, we talk about this the whole time, of course, but this issue of Premier League versus Champions League and priorities—is it is Pep as determined to get that Premier League title again, or do you think the focus is firmly on the Champions League this season? We've talked about the way he's setting us up and the way
2: we're controlling games, very much with Champions League in mind. I think I think Champions League in mind as ever with Pep, and that's what that's what the owners want, of course, isn't it? Above, above anything else. But I, I I agree that you know we're we're in with well we're not in more than a fighting chance. We're in with a very very good chance of of winning the Premier League. Uh, it's, it's wide open now. Our next five or six games could yield should yield 18 points. I mean the, you look at the the teams are up against. They're all the bottom half of the uh, of the uh, of the Premier League until of course we come to a, a, a bump and we 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 meet Liverpool. I think and. Uh, and Spurs and, and, and Arsenal uh, one game after another, which will will, will be a um, pause for thought, to put it mildly. No, I think we're in, we're in with a very, very good chance of winning the Premier League. It's wide open. It's a crazy year, and there's no reason why we shouldn't win it. But I do think the priority is the Champions League. And As I've said on this programme twice before already, and I'll say it for a third time, I still think we're <laughs> going to win the Champions League. All right. How do you feel? silence? done silence. Stuart, what do you think?
1: Respond to John. Um... Well, I think Pep tries to win every game. I think that's in his nature. Isn't He's that sort of guy. And uh, that's why we won the Carabao Cup three years in a row. So, yeah, he'll, he'll try and win every game. But I think at the, at the back of his mind is the Champions League. I think it's always been the case, even though I think in an interview at the end of last season or the season before, he said his main priority, his, the one thing he wants to win is the, is the Premier League because it's the truest test. Of who the best team is. I mean, I don't think the Champions League is the truest test because, you know, it's a knockout competition. So, I just think he'll. I just think he'll try not to neglect any of the competitions we're in. But as I say, at the back of his mind, I think the real, real, the real target for him this season is to win the Champions League. Joe, and when you look at, probably got Bayern Munich to beat. There aren't there aren't too many great teams in Europe at the moment. OK. Joe, um, but before we get on to
0: Europe and, and picking up on what John said, you look at our next games yeah, before we play Liverpool in February, and they are, with no disrespect, so I do like it when people say, with no disrespect.
2: every with, disrespect, yeah.
0: Exactly. So with, <laughs> with
2: huge disrespect
0: to the following shit teams, Brighton, Palace, Villa, West Brom, Sheffield United and Burnley. They are our next Premier League games. You know, City could really go on a run here uh and, and and kind of really pushed for uh you know the, the premier league could well be in the bag it, it's kind of we were written off only matter of a couple of weeks ago it's amazing how things have turned around so quickly
3: well it's, it's been a bit it's always been like watching the championship this season the way how everyone is so close <laughs> together and things have changed but um no looking at that run it's only villa you're looking at that that aren't in the bottom half i don't think and you'd like to obviously it'll be a tricky game they've got some good players may have played very well this season but you'd still like to back us to win that game um the important thing is that we go on a good run with those games and we carry the momentum on into february which is a very tough month and if we can get through february unscathed having got results against liverpool and top you'd like to think we'll do it at this point because um you know we've i like to think we turned a corner somewhat we're playing with a certain panache that we weren't earlier in the season and throw in the fact that was been lacking, even in the Centurions and the formidable season, we didn't have, we weren't that good at the back either of those seasons. I didn't think, mm. I, you know, we weren't terrible, but I felt like it was a bit more attacks means that the defense enough not have to do much. Now the defense have really, you know, they've won us points, which I haven't seen a man city defense do, I think for about nearly 10 years. Um, uh, I do think if we can go on a decent run in those games, we'll be all right. But it, it's still—it's it's it's been a strange season, so I don't want to say anything just yet.
0: And just touch on the Champions League, Joe, for us as well as the other guys. Have your
3: thoughts on that? Is, is it our season? I'll say it's our season if we get through the quarters without mucking about. Because for three, three last three years, uh, we've been knocked out in the quarters. I'd say each time by a team we should have beaten. I mean, Liverpool, fair play, that was when they were just starting to get into their pomp and they did well beat us. But we, we've been the victims of our own mistakes, especially in that Leon game last year. And I think to an extent against Tottenham. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we'll beat Mönchengladbach. But if, we, if we're if in the quarters again and we muck around against a team we're better than, then no, nah, it's it's just the same old story. If we can get into the semis, then I'll start to believe we can do it. All right, let's look forward then to the uh, Man
0: City Cup tie um, against Stretford, as it's been renamed. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Stuart, your, your your thoughts ahead of that game. They're a bit of a renaissance under Ollies at the wheel, and uh, they're, yeah, they're sitting pretty yeah. in the Premier League. They're stringing a few results together. And uh, not to be underestimated, I guess, our, our recent record against them is not great. Your your thoughts are ahead of the Stretford game in, in the, as I say, the Man City Cup.
1: I think it's gonna be a difficult game. I think they, they are a good side. I hate to say this on their day. Um and I think Fernandez is a good player. Uh and I think, you know, home advantage is not as as vital as it has been, you know, pre lockdown. I think um away teams are winning more games, winning more penalties, uh so I don't think that is a big, big problem and, and I know it's a one off game. Uh I think we're going to have to be very close to our best to beat them, um, I have to say. I, I, I don't like saying this, but um, because on their day, I think they can beat most teams in the division. Uh, obviously, I, we can as I, well and, and should, sure. but uh, we'd have to be at our best. And it's obviously, I don't know what team he's going to pick. There's some stories in the evening news today that um, a lot of academy players were training with the first team squad uh, this afternoon. So don't know, but he'll, he'll pick a strong team, so will they, and it, it won't be a, a nil-nil, dull, unentertaining game like it was last time in the league, so looking forward to it really, it should be quite open, and thinking that the more open it is, the better chance we've got, there you go. Well, like, well I, hope, I
0: hope it's not as boring as the as, as that nil-nil encounter for sure, <laughs> John John, how do you see it?
2: A tough game, and don't know about it. But I think bear in mind that, as far as I'm concerned, they're not exactly a one-man team. But Bruno Fernandes, as Stuart referred to, is is a fantastic player. He's a, he's a, he's the game changer for them. But apart from him and Rashford, I don't think we've got a lot to worry about in terms of man for man. We're we're more than a match for them. Um, and yeah. Please, please let it be more exciting than the last encounter, which was Mogged on time. Um, yeah, I, I, I fancy our chances. I, I, I think Pet will. I mean, I don't think Pet will do anything but play a strong team. He can't afford not to in a in a derby game. You know, in what is as you rightly say, Nigel, the Man City Cup. We want that trophy. You know, we any pot is is, is welcome, and it's it's a good one to win. Um, I th- I think we'll do it. Uh, it won't be easy. Uh, It'll be a tight match. Uh, and I think it's, uh, you know, you can laugh at me for saying this, I think it's good that United are a better team. Now it's a bit more competition, a bit more edge, the whole encounter. and uh, It's good for Manchester. Brilliant. Brilliant. Joe? Thoughts? I think I think we just take no risks and do what we
3: did on Sunday. I think they won't know how to defend against the false nine, similar to Chelsea. And we've just got to go up. Because the thing with United is, I don't think they've been playing that well. It's really frustrating me. They've been getting the results, but it's because teams haven't been doing to them what they're capable of. They've been a bit—I think they've been a bit soft on them. We need to go there and do what we did to Chelsea, which I think we're capable of doing if we get at their defence. Just get at them like we like we did a year ago in the first half of that semi-final and show no mercy at all to them. Don't go two nil up and second half if we're three or if we're two or three nil up then you can worry about that. But if we really go for them and just pay them no respect, show them no mercy, as long as you keep an eye on Fernandez, like John said, I think we'll be okay. I I really do. I I think the league has been really telling a full story a bit at times. I, I, I do not think they've been anywhere near the best team in the league. I think that they've been taking advantage of the fact that a lot of teams treat us and Liverpool as a cup final, but don't treat them as one um yeah i'm not going to sit here and say it's all about refereeing but they have been incredibly lucky for a variety of reasons in this run-in and i think it's about time we brought them down to earth
0: personally and this false nine thing that that uh, the three old gits on this show don't really understand what it is joe <laughs> are we are we going to persevere with that in your view is that how
3: do you think the peps going to line us all up with this false nine thing I don't think it is in the long term because I, I still think we're going to go out and buy a striker in the summer and a big striker as well. Uh, and I think obviously he, when Jesus is back, it, would be, it might be seen as a bit, a bit insulting to just drop him from the team. But I would certainly do it tomorrow night because I, I, I don't think United's defence is any good. But I think that what what they can do is if you're playing it to a number nine, some lump like Maguire can get on them all game and just win every header and make it look like he's a world beater. He won't have a clue what to do with a false nine. He's not, you know, and he's meant to be their best defender. I, I play a false nine, play the two, play Foden and Sterling as the inside forwards. They will not know how to defend against us, and we will get goals against them. I I, I do believe that if um, Pep pretty much sticks with what he did at the weekend, we obviously. Rotate a couple of players, I, I'll understand that. But similar tactics and a similar real no-nonsense, no-mercy attitude, I, I can't see us not winning.
0: All right, let's look forward as well, because before we, we're we back on air, we've got a FA Cup tie as well against Birmingham City, Sunday at 1.30. Let's just quickly look forward to that as well, John, would you for us? And uh, any reflections ahead of the Birmingham game?
2: Well, uh, it should be easy peasy, shouldn't it? I mean, they're a pretty indifferent uh, championship side. Uh, shouldn't be any problems. Maybe a chance to r- give some of the youngsters a, a bit a bit of a run out as well. We've got plenty of talent there. Uh, give them a crack at it. And but you know, we as ever, as I said earlier, Pep will again take it seriously. And no reason why he shouldn't. It's a great tournament. It's still the most exciting cup, to- cup tournament in the world. Certainly, as far as I'm concerned. So, so so let's go for it. Um, yeah. It uh, should, shouldn't be a problem, and uh, not, not as a training exercise for the next league game, but c- certainly uh, a, a very useful warm-up.
1: Useful warm up Stu. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a repeat of the 56th final when uh, we beat yes. them 3-1, I think. I, yes, I hope, hopefully our keeper doesn't break his neck, but we'll be <laughs> all right.
2: <laughs> what do we think about our keeper again uh, in the last game, by the way, guys? Well,
3: what, what was he doing I... with that back pass? Well, hold on. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> stop. Stop, stop, excuse me.
0: It was not a back pass, first of all, in my view. And again, let's just, and the law doesn't state, I'm going to put my referee's hat on here for you for a moment. The law says nothing about a back pass. That's not what the law says. The law talks about a deliberate kick to the goalkeeper. And in my mm. view, it wasn't a deliberate kick to the goalkeeper. He just kicked it to just get it away from the Chelsea player. So anyway, and as he yeah, was kicking, yeah. it probably took it to the back four. It definitely wasn't a deliberate kick to the goalkeeper. So, number one, I don't think a free kick should have been given. And secondly, if mm. you remember, it was taken outside the box as well. And, of course, he picked it up inside the box. So there were two errors there from the referee, in my, in mm. my humble opinion. What do I know? Nigel, but, so, Nigel? Yes, sir?
1: Can I ask you a question as a referee? Um, yes, please. Why was the Chelsea corner kick retaken? I he kick the corner flag. or got injured by the corner. I mean, that's there was nothing. We didn't do anything. We didn't stop him kicking the ball. We didn't kick it no, out of play. No, but if a if a dog
0: came on and tripped
1: tripped him over, you yeah.
0: it's, so it's the same. So it's like a, a, it, it, I can understand why because he did. He tripped on it and it was like an outside agent. Yeah, it's all part of the field of play. But if it trips the guy up. And I can understand why he did it. So, so that was—I understand which one you're talking about now. So, yeah, no, I can understand that. It did make him fall over. So, so if you think about the dog scenario, uh, not that you get many dogs in grounds anymore. Those days are over. That was always fun, wasn't it? When the dog ran on, anyway. We talked about we talked about inside forwards as well today and false nines, whatever those are. Yeah, who knows? Inside forwards is Colin Bell.
1: Uh, Calendar.
0: Play. I remember him vaguely Joe yeah vaguely <laughs> thanks for reminding me listen it's been it's been a joy and a pleasure talking about false nines Benjamin Mendy got a mention as well and scapegoats <laughs> and all sorts so huge, huge thanks to my three guests to Stuart Brodkin to John Stapleton and to Joe Doherty this is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say.